So today, uh, we're going to continue our Christ Culture Church series. I know you feel like it's been going on forever, and this is seven. I never do seven weeks, and it's actually we got one more week. So uh, before we get started, I got a little assignment uh, for my buddy Matt. Matt is, does a lot of stuff around here, and so Matt, I am very tired, and I'm very thirsty, and I've got a monster energy drink that I'm going to need you to go get for me. I want you to look in that uh, refrigerator in the coffee shop. So a little bit of a review. We started off, actually, Mikey started off this series back several weeks ago. And he talked about unity in the church. I mean, you know, that's important. Yeah. It's important to have unity in the church. We don't need to be quarreling, fussing, and fighting amongst one another. Amen. 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 The second, it's not in there. Not in there. Um, okay, well, expeditiously, Go look in my refrigerator. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Go look in my refrigerator. And then the second week, we talked about a divine partnership, how God partners with imperfect people to accomplish his divine purpose. And you know, aren't you glad God uses imperfect people like me and you, right? Amen. Um, And he has a divine purpose. Actually, we're going to kind of pick up where that series, where that message left off today with our message today. Then the third week, we talked about a divine mystery. We said that the church was birthed to equip God's people. It's not in there. Okay, um, I hate to ask you to do this, but my truck's parked right there. I want you to run, look at my truck. Uh, It's probably in the cup holder right there. Thank you, Matt. We said a divine mystery that the church was birthed to equip God's people to accomplish his divine plan, and live his divine life. How many are glad that we can live a divine life when we surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ? That's what that's all about. A few weeks ago, we talked about a divine perspective. And I really hope, man, if you didn't, if you didn't want to hear for that particular Sunday, um, go back. It's on the website. Go back and listen to it because it, it talked about what? It's not in there. All right. Go look in your mom's car. In this park right beside where my truck was, where my truck was, so thank you, Matt. I, hey, 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 listen to me. I, it's real important. I'm very tired. I'm very thirsty. I need you to make this happen. <laughs> Divine perspective. It was, we talked about three different lenses. You probably, maybe you remember them. The me lens, the cultural lens, and the biblical lens, right? It's important that we look at our life through a biblical, biblical lens. And then a couple weeks ago, we talked about a divine endurance, that we can't escape a devilish temptation without divine endurance. How many are thankful that the Holy Spirit came so he could help you walk through this life and say yes to what you're supposed to say yes to and no to what's going to hurt you? Amen. And then last week, we talked about a divine gift, how God has gifted his church supernaturally with divine gifts, and what we said was that God gives divine gifts to you so he can bless others through you. God gives divine gifts to you so he can bless others through you. And that's where we've been in this study of 1 Corinthians. So listen, if you haven't um, read the whole book of 1 Corinthians, look at there. Give it up for Matt Light. I, I used to watch you run a football, so I need to move faster than that. So uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. Okay. 
Um, when, I, when I told you about this whole little deal, I said, uh, I'm going to send you on a goose chase. So you knew something was up, right? Right. And uh, so how long have I been using you and your brother for these kinds of little illustrations? Well, I'm 28, so 28 years. 28 years, 28 years. So was there a point when you're like, I don't know what he's doing, but I know he's got a plan. I don't know what he's doing, but I know he's got a plan. So run around the church. Do you get tired and thirsty? There you go. That's for you. Give it up for Matt. How many know that God has an assignment for you? That wasn't part of the illustration there. How many know God's got an assignment for you? And you may not always know what he's up to. You may not understand every step of the assignment, but you can trust him that he has a plan. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the divine assignment. And this assignment is found in 1 Corinthians 15. And so I would just, we're not going to read the whole chapter today, but I would, I would just implore you to read it on your own. There's so much beautiful wisdom in that chapter. We're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, and it says this. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Lord, over the next few moments, would you just open your word to us? You help us understand this divine assignment that you have given to all of us. That you've called all of humanity to accomplish your will and your purpose and your plan on the earth. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. First thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about the what of the assignment. It's, it's hard to know what to do if you don't know the what. I told Matt, I'm going to give you, I, I'm going to send you on a goose chase. So he knew what the assignment was. He didn't actually know the why, but he knew the what. The what, it, we, we just read it. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. That's the what. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Let's just break that down real quick. Always. That means stop procrastinating. That means don't quit. That means keep going. That means do it even when you don't feel like it. How many of you ever talked to yourself out of doing something for the Lord because you didn't feel like it? See, what Paul's telling us, telling the Corinthian church and us through them, is listen, there may be times when you don't feel like it. There may be times when you want to quit. Don't quit. Always work. Work means it might cost you something. Work means it, it may be labor. In fact, if you read King James, that's, that's the word, labor. That doesn't sound like, you know, a day at the beach, does it? You know, sometimes what we do for the Lord may be work. It may be toilsome. But Paul told the Corinthian church, and he's telling us, do it anyway. Always work. He said, enthusiastically. Uh-oh. Look at me. Everybody, eyeballs right here. Your attitude matters. I bet if we were to take a poll, don't raise your hands for this. Maybe you've been doing something at the church or doing something for somebody else, and, and this thought popped in your head. There are other people that could be doing this. I wonder where they are. Hmm. 
Now you know why I told you not to raise your hand. (laughs) Maybe our attitude should say, there are other people that could be doing this. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me. Yeah? Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of serving your church and serving your kingdom and serving your people. Work enthusiastically. Look, he said, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. It's not about you. And the people you're serving, listen, it's not about them. What you do for the Lord in this building or in the community or in your home, what you do for Him is for Him and Him alone. Yes? So that's the what of the assignment. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. What about the why? Why do we do this? What's the why of the assignment? Well, he gave us the why in verses 3 and 4. He said, I passed on to you what was most important. Maybe we need to pause right there and realize these next words. How many know that all right, the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? He said a lot of important things. He said, what I'm passing on to you now is most important. What also been passed on to me? Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. Sometimes the assignment gets difficult when we forget the why. I heard a story, and it, and the way I read it, it was, it was written as truth so if it's not true it probably should be in 1666 a massive fire virtually leveled the city of london one of the things that was leveled during that time was saint john's cathedral burned to the ground and there was a renowned architect his name was christopher wren that was commissioned to rebuild saint paul's cathedral and so it 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 took years Years and years and years to rebuild St. Paul's Cathedral. So they were years into the process, and, and uh, Christopher Wren walked onto the, the work site, and he saw three bricklayers up on a scaffold. One was crouched down very low. One was standing at about halfway, and one was, one was standing tall and was outworking the other two at a, at a furious pace. He was just, you know, three bricks to their one, just going. And so he walked over to the scaffold and asked the same bricklayers the same question. The three bricklayers, the exact same question. He looked at the first one that was kind of drooped over. And he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm a bricklayer. I'm laying bricks so I can feed my family. Okay. Went to the second one. What are you doing? He said, I'm a builder. I'm building a wall. And he went to the third one that was massively, furiously laying bricks. And he said, what are you doing? The guy turned around with a gleam in his eye. He said, I'm a cathedral builder. And I'm building a cathedral for the King Almighty. Want to guess who got put in charge of that project? See, isn't that the right attitude? 
regardless of what God calls us to do, whether it's to preach a sermon or to clean a floor, whether it's to sing a song or wipe a honey in the nursery. We're not doing it for us. We're not doing it for them. We're building a cathedral for the King Almighty. (laughs) Viktor Frankl wrote a book called The Meaning of Life, and he was trying to find the meaning of life. And part of, this, of his research in this book, he, he uh, interviewed a number of Holocaust survivors. And he wanted to find the common denominator between what caused some people to live through the hellish ordeal that they lived through. And while others didn't, others didn't make it. And he found one common thread for those that survived the Holocaust. It was that while they were in those camps, while they were in those concentration camps, experiencing atrocities that no human should ever experience, they found a way to try to help other people. They found a purpose in their pain, and they survived. The folks that couldn't find purpose in their pain didn't make it. So I'm guessing what I'm trying to tell you is that as long as you have a why, you can keep going. See, hey, raising kids is difficult. I really thought I was going to get some amen from the parents in the room. Raising kids is difficult. But you've got to remember the why. Hey, fostering a healthy marriage is difficult. Until you remember the why. See, don't, don't we need to have those big picture moments where we understand what's really most important? Do you, do you think on the timeline of eternity that this 70, 80, 90, 100 years is really all that significant? Don't, don't you and don't I want to invest my life and invest my effort, invest my work, invest my labor into those things that will last forever? And the answer obviously is yes. That is the why. Things of eternity. You can write this down. For the believer, all human activity is attached to a divine assignment that is part of a universal holy calling. All activity. Really? All activity? 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, So whether you eat or drink, Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. See, that holy calling can really be summed up in this phrase, Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. Hey, let's not convolute the story. It really is about that truth, that Christ died for our sins, was buried and raised, raised again on the third day, just as the Scripture said. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Can you just pause for a moment and with me do what that song said and just give gratitude to your God for His Son, Jesus? He died for your sins and was raised to life, just as the Scripture said. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
I never want to. I never want to be. I never want to be at the point where I can't find the awe in that truth. I've been standing on a stage in front of teenagers or adults or whoever for a long time telling that story. And sometimes, even today, I'll start telling it and my throat will close up and my eyes will fill with tears. And I know sometimes people think I'm just overly emotional. But see, that's the why of my life. All the good things that I have in my life, my family, this church, the life that I have, all of the good things that I have in my life, I can point to a common denominator that Christ died for my sins and was raised, to death, to, uh, raised again on the third day, just like the Scripture said. So let's not, let's not get caught up so much in the what that we forget the why. See, the reason that you're going to swallow your pride and be nice and kind to people even when they don't deserve it is because Christ died for your sins. And you want to be a living and holy example. The reason you're going to be patient with your wife is because Christ died with your sins, for your sins, and he's forgiven you, so you need to have a heart of forgiveness and compassion. The reason you're going to be patient with your husband when he just won't pick those socks up is because Christ died for your sins. The reason you're going to be patient with your children, the reason you're going to love others unconditionally is because Christ died for your sins. That is the why of our life, period. And I think sometimes it's so easy to forget the why. And then, it, see, if, if we forget the why, then, then this place is just church. And if we forget the why, your house is just a house and it's not a home. Your job is just, you're, you're just a bricklayer. But if you'll remember the why, that your life is designed and ordained and anointed to be a representative of the King Almighty. Changes things, doesn't it? Please don't forget the why. When it gets hard, and it will, the Bible says that there's an enemy seeking about somebody to devour, and you Sometimes you feel like, I wish he'd just go on to somebody else. I get that. I've been there. Don't forget the why. Christ died for our sins, was buried and raised again on the third day, just as the Scripture said. So our assignment, y'all, is to personalize that universal calling. There's this passage in, in, ver, in chapter 15, verses 5 to 8. It says, he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, but some had died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Look at me in my eyes. Your story matters. Listen, it, if I want to be a living example for the King Almighty, Kathy Maxey's story is important, but I need to tell my story. 
Did you hear what Paul did? He's like, Peter saw him, and all the followers saw him, and the apostles saw him, but I saw him. Have you seen him? Have you had an encounter with Christ? Have you had an encounter with the King Almighty? Listen, I'm not asking you if you've joined a church. I'm not asking you if, if you've gone through all the motions, gone to growth track, got baptized. Have you had an encounter with the King Almighty? Can you say to another human being, I saw him. Here's my story. I would say that you probably shouldn't argue the resurrection of Christ until Christ is alive in you. Is he alive in you? I'd say don't argue the validity of Scripture until God's Word becomes your authority. It's, it's hard to boast about the, the validity and the power of Scripture if we're not applying it to our own lives. We have to personalize this calling. It, it can't be... It, it, it's a universal calling, but it only works... When individuals own it and it becomes their life and it becomes why they live and move and have their being. Don't expect the church to do something you're unwilling to. Get on mission. Go to work. Can I tell you the three words that I hate as a pastor more than any three words Ever. Somebody ought to. <laughs> Don't say that. Listen, I, I've said this before. You ought to look around and ask yourself this question. What should the church be doing? And then go do it. Well, Dwayne, isn't that what we pay you for? Okay. I need a raise. Come on, y'all. If you've been a witness to the resurrection, Christ lives in your heart. You have a mission. You have a divine assignment. And that's to carry this glorious gospel with you everywhere you go. And the problem with the North American Western church today is we've reserved the power of God to one hour on Sunday morning. And that was never the way God wanted it. And that's not what Christ meant when he said, go into all the world and preach and teach and make disciples. He wasn't talking to pastors. He was talking to disciples, to servants. He was talking to those that would know his name. I put this out on Facebook last week just because this was rolling around in my heart. It says, don't expect anyone to be impressed by your God until they see the evidence of his activity alive in you. The greatest testimony on the planet is not what God did for somebody else, not what God did for somebody in the Bible, but what has God done for you? Personalize that assignment. That sounds good, Dwayne, but how? Glad you asked. Here's the how of the assignment. 
1 Corinthians 15 and 10 says, but whatever I am now, <laughs> man, this is so powerful, y'all. Whatever I am now, it is all because God poured his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. First of all, when you read and not, not without results, you think, okay, well, I'm not Paul. I didn't write two-thirds of the New Testament. I didn't plant churches all over Asia. No, because that's not your assignment. But God's given you one. And the same God that empowered Paul to do what he did, the same God that empowered others that have done mighty things through God, he'll empower you. He'll equip you. He said, it was not I, but God who was working through me by His grace. The truth is, you can't complete a divine assignment without divine power. Right. <laughs> if, if the Holy Spirit really came on the day of Pentecost, to endue his, his followers with power from on high so they could go into all the world, into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world with the message of the gospel. And you're in humble submission to his will, purpose, and plan. Why would he not equip you with everything you need to do the assignment he's tasked you with? But I can tell you what happens because I've done it myself. And there are those in this room that will tell you that I've done, tried to do this myself. As I think, you know, sometimes we have this Superman complex that I don't need help. I don't need strength. I, I got all I need because I'm man. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to do his work, you better have his power. Or you will, and I have, fall flat on your face. Hmm. So that's the how. What about the when? <laughs> I remember, <laughs> before I read this passage, I remember when I first gave my heart to the Lord, I started hearing about the trumpet sounding. And I was like, all right, God, now that's cool. But I'd really like to get my driver's license first. <laughs> so if you could just hold that off until... I get my driver's license, that'd be awesome. When I get my driver's license, I'll be like, Lord, I'd, I'd really rather you wait until I get married, you know, because I'm trying to do the right thing and, you know, just work with me here. <laughs> and then it was, Lord, I, I really would just like to have children. And You know, the older I get, though, sometimes I find myself saying, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into, any, into immortal bodies. 
there's going to come a moment when the trumpet will sound and we'll see his face. So if that could happen at any moment, didn't we read that? It'll happen in a moment in the blink of an eye. If it can happen in any moment, the when is now. So if you were to do a a search of your own heart, what, am I working, am I toiling And all I'm getting is tired and a paycheck. I'm telling you that that you can adopt this assignment. And I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm telling you it'll change your perspective of why you show up every day. The when is now. And so... The last thing you're going to write down is that there is a blessing in this assignment. Did you you notice when I sent Matt all over this campus looking for looking for that drink? There's a couple things I hope you noticed. First of all, and I don't know why I couldn't captured this when he was living at home but he did everything I asked him to do (laughs) without question but at the end of the whole deal who got the blessing listen I'm going to tell you that a life surrendered to the cause and purpose and work of Christ It's not toil. It's a blessed life. Dwayne, why would you, why would you leave a career to, to work in ministry? Why would, you, why would you devote your life to trying to help other people? Why would you give a portion of your income every week? Why would you? Because that's the doorway to blessing for my life. And maybe we should learn as followers of Christ to be just as immediately obedient to the voice of our Lord as Matt was when I told him, when I'm sending him all around this place looking for a stupid drink. Right? Now, now that's, that's silly, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Maybe we should adopt the attitude that if God said go, we go. If God said stay, we stay. If God said work, we work. If God said do, then we do. So what's at the end of that? 1 Corinthians 15, 54 to 57. Donnie, you can come on. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die. Anybody looking forward to that, by the way? This scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, Where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But listen, but thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my challenge to you this morning, listen, I I just want you to hear from my heart. 
you know, I, I try to, uh, I try to look ahead at these services with a prophetic mind and sometimes I'm good at it and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes the Lord shows me and sometimes he leaves it a mystery. I do believe with all my heart that you're here and maybe you're here and you just said, Dwayne, I'm, I'm tired and I felt like giving up. I'm going to challenge you not to. Always work enthusiastically. Or maybe you're here and you'd say, Dwayne, I'm doing what God's told me to do, but my attitude stinks. See, that's, that's not a time management problem. That's a, that's a spiritual problem. I think you need to pray for God to help you with your attitude this morning. Maybe you're here and you just say, Dwayne, I've made church, I've made religion, and I've made my walk with Christ all about me, my comfort and what I need, what my kids need. And listen, you do need and your kids need and your parents need. I get all, I get all that. But at the end of the day, what you do for God is for Him. It's not about you. But if you'll do it for Him, you'll get the blessing. If you'll do it with the right attitude, you'll, you'll receive the reward. So I think I want to pray for you like this. And oh, oh by the way, when I pray for you, I'm praying for me. You know, the, there's a joke that every pastor quits on Monday morning. And I'm just going to tell you, um, I'm... I'm in a place in my own life where I just am learning to rely on the presence and power of the Lord. I want to challenge you to do the same thing. Listen, if I try to do this in my own strength, I'll fail. If you try to do what you're doing in your own strength, you'll fail. But I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit fills your heart and life with divine power to accomplish His divine assignment for your life. Bow your heads with me. Listen, if you're, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, if you're here and you're not walking with Christ, all of this sounded really silly to you. Why would I want to give all of my effort, all of my work to God? Well, I think God is calling you to give him everything because he gave you everything. He gave his son. Jesus shed his blood and died for your sin. So our response for that great gift is to give our lives to him. If you've never done that, I would challenge you to receive Christ this morning. By faith and repentance. Repentance just means... You ask God to forgive you of your sin and you turn away from them. And you commit to following Him for the rest of your life.
doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're growing. Maybe you're here and you've said no to some things that you should say yes to and yes to some things you should say no to. I'm going to pray for God's power to fill your heart and life so you can complete your divine assignment. Father, in Jesus' name. I give you thanks and praise and gratitude this morning because Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again on the third day, just as the scripture said. And that is our why. Please let us never forget our why. That's why we live and move and have our being. Father, I pray that everyone in this room would leave this room today challenged to accept their divine assignment. To live a life that brings glory and honor to Jesus. To be a vocal, open witness for a resurrected Savior. serve the church, to serve our community, to serve our families. Not because it's just the right thing to do, but because it's our assignment, because Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again on the third day. And our response by completing that assignment is to show our gratitude for God, His Son, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just stand to your feet. Let's end this service. God's going to lead us in this course. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I throw up my hands, praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a Thank you.